Welcome into Mining Stock Daily, everybody. By the time this airs, I will be reporting from Zurich, uh, but we are going to connect with the host of the Deutsche Goldmess German Gold Show in Frankfurt, which will be happening uh, in about two weeks' time, actually. And a good friend of mine, Mr. Kai Hoffman. Kai, good to connect with you. Always, Trevor. Good to see you and hear you. Uh, this is going to be an excellent show. Uh, you do a really good job. Obviously, you and the team at Soar Financial do a wonderful job of putting this together. I think it's, what, in your fourth year? Third or fourth year? Fifth in person, I Fifth? believe. I have to, I have to okay. count myself here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you, we've done a couple of virtually off as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, there's a little, little hiccup there, but you've got a great list of speakers here this year. Uh, our boy Michael Howell, the godfather of liquidity, is going to be speaking. Lobo Tigre, uh, Joanna Panica is going to be there. Warren Gilman uh, is going to be there. And then we have the premier of Yukon, Mr. Ranch Palai, who's going to be there. Uh, I'm going to try to grab a couple of those interviews while also reporting and getting our corporate updates from Frankfurt. But uh, yeah, give us a sense of. You know, what makes this fall show different than, you know, previous shows? The amount of people we expect at the conference, I think, is going to be a big difference. Uh, we were looking at the registration numbers, and uh, they're way higher than they were in May last or this year, and uh, almost twice as high as last November. And, and quite honestly, like, we're catering to a mining investment audience here, uh, and we all know what sentiment is like in this sector, so I'm quite puzzled to see those numbers. Uh, given sentiment alone, right? I know we put a quality product together, like toot my own horn here a little bit, because uh, we try to educate here. We try to have interesting keynote speakers that can help educate or put a, a bit of a frame around or framework around what the industry is like right now. You mentioned Michael Howell. Like, what do global liquidity flows have to do with the junior mining sector? But if you put global liquidity flows and a debt crisis in the U.S. and southern debt into one hat, you sort of get a holistic picture why there might not be enough risk capital available for the junior mining sector space right now, right? Uh, so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to spin it all together. And uh, that holistic approach, I think, is really, really valuable uh, to, to the investment community. I think that's what's being recognized as well. So we have a lot of people sitting in the presentation rooms. And uh, as, as you mentioned, it is a good mix of keynote speakers being from, from Michael Howell all the way to Lobo Tigre, who, who analyzes companies on a micro level and can tie it together as well. So uh, I think that's where the value is. People are recognizing that. I'm really excited to see the numbers. Yeah. Kai, I think one of the interesting things about this show is, uh, you know, you living in Germany. Here in the West, we keep hearing that Germany is in a recession. Uh, and you, the Germans and in, German investors have this unique um, appreciation for precious metals. Talk to us about what's happening economically in the country and what that conversation regarding precious metals, how has that changed in the last six months? It hasn't really because it hasn't changed since 1923, to be quite honest, right? So okay. it, it is imprinted in our DNA that we've seen hyperinflation in the past, and we're looking at ways to sort of protect ourselves. Uh, that, that comes with investing in mining stocks, but uh, Germans have always liked buying bullion, being – you know, being at a conferences, going to all the bullion stores. We have a lot of them here in Germany. And actually, we have Dr. Thorsten Pollard speaking. He used to be the uh, chief economist of Europe's largest bullion dealer as well. So we'll get some unique insights from him and uh, how, how the trends might have changed a little bit. But uh, overall, like, we, we are really bullish on 
bullion, like gold, silver mm-hmm. itself, uh, just to protect ourselves. And we've been in, we've been right in the past. Look at all the other countries in the world right now. Look at Japan. If you are Japanese and you own gold, you were you were able to protect your wealth quite uh, so quite. <laughs> I'm looking for the word here. You were able to protect your wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what about the appetite for for mining for mining stocks, especially the risky explorers? Where's that at right now? Uh, it, it's still existent, and I, I tell you, I think it beats interest in North America. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I need to double check like the volume numbers, but based on sentiment and interest, I see that at investor meetings here in Frankfurt, and uh, we've seen that in the past as well, back in 2015. Like I, I, I swear, my mother, if I, uh, if I, if I may, but uh, that Germany and Europe carried North American markets during that. Brutal, brutal downturn in 2015. We have seen interest and uh, volume coming in from European investors. You can look at uh, RBC trading volume, for example, because that's a clearinghouse usually for for European buying. So if you want to, uh, you know, backtrack or backtest my theory, I think that that that'll work and uh, that I'm right on that one. So there is interest in that. People have made some money. Actually, lithium uh, stocks were quite popular in in Germany as well. So some of the investors actually made some good 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 cash actually in the last twelve months here. Uh, not outside of gold as well, and that might be some of the capital might be redeployed here soon. Okay, very good. Uh, I did, I'm really looking forward to this one. I just think it's uniquely obviously. I was the, at the last one in in May, but uh, I, you know things have definitely changed a little bit on the uh, in the economy, specifically in Germany. So we're gonna. I think it's gonna be real telling. I'm looking forward to just kind of gauging sentiment through those conversations over uh, cups of coffee <laughs> there in the <laughs> lobby. But uh, Kai, you know, you do so many other different things. Obviously, you you run in the 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 great podcast sorely financial you've had a bunch of great conversations on the macro front front uh, you know you also have a pretty good understanding of of financings in the microcap junior exploration sector uh, maybe let's start with that because we're we are starting to see at least it feels like we're starting to see a little pickup in financings kind of hitting the books now. Uh, the success of those financings I think are yet to be determined. But I mean, what are you seeing in the data? Is that I mean, is there like a forced window of opportunity here? Uh, maybe a little bit, but it's also driven by flow through financings as well. So if you look at it, you really have to segregate that the flow through or charity flow through, which is a Canadian or a special Canadian model tax model, and regular hard dollar financings as well. Uh, we, we do see a bit of activity popping up here. Quite a few deals. Uh, they're being underwritten. Reunion Gold just raised $70 million. Uh, Newfound came out, raised $56 million. That was a charity flow-through deal, so keep that in mind. Uh, higher premiums, but uh, the back end uh, with a small discount as well. A bit of a special model. But but there is interest. And uh, towards the year end, because in Canada, tax models are being changed, uh, so you can't really fully deduct uh, or you, you can't go all in on flow-through anymore because uh, there's mm-hmm. a minimum ca- um, a tax limit that, that you can deduct that a lot of the money is flowing in it this year, so for max deduction. So keep keep that in mind when you see those financings out there. But uh, I'm I'm not against that. Like it's all good. Like because the companies need to put that money into the ground. They can't really spend that money on GNA marketing and to fancy dinners. Uh, it needs to be put into the ground or invest in a core shack or something that advances the project. Uh, good good to see the money need that the sector needs that. Uh, but as, as usual, you'll probably see that money flow into more the the juniors that either offer. A nasty, nasty terms, meaning mm-hmm. uh, 
flow-through premiums will be small, meaning that tax deductions will be high and the back-end price will be much lower than uh, the current share price, which in my opinion is... I don't know, I'm looking for a word here that's that that we can say on air here. But um, <laughs> it, it, keep, keep that in mind. Like if flow-through premiums are below 30%, pay attention, okay? Those are might not be deals you want to be following along with or be very cautious at least. So, um, But then there's, of course, other higher quality. Reunion Gold I mentioned earlier. That's a fantastic discovery in Guyana that's being developed further here. So uh, money is flowing into quality as well. So both sides of the coins are being represented here. It's up to you, the investor, to pay attention. All right. Uh, you just returned from the New Orleans Investment Conference, uh, taking a look at the YouTube site here uh, with Sorley Financial. It's all things gold. Uh, I wouldn't expect anything less coming from that conference, to be honest with you, Kai. But So you hammered out a bunch of discussions with a number of key figures uh, most people in this sector will be very familiar with, uh, including Peter Schiff, which I believe just aired today. So let's talk about general sense of the conversations you were having at New Orleans. I mean, is it all doom and gloom? Gold is gold is key? It wasn't as bad as I expected it to be, quite honestly, although there was a bit more of a sense of urgency towards it um, mm. in, in general. Everybody's talking about the looming recession. Dep- depending on who you talk to, the recession's already started, uh, depending on what sector you look at or what subsector of the industry and economy. So... In, in general, people feel like it's time to position now. I've talked to an individual investor who flew in from Texas. He said, Kai, I'm here to buy mining stocks and bullion or inform myself on, on gold investments because I think uh, Dudu is about to hit the fan here. Okay, uh, Give it late Q1, early Q2. I think we'll enter an official recession. I'm trying to get position and maybe front run that scenario. But uh, if you talk mm-hmm. to Danielle DiMartino Booth, uh, she said we'll be in a recession since September in the U.S., Right. Uh, it started with the UAW strike as well. Manufacturing is down. All, all the indices, the, the PMIs are all down. It's all, all looking very, very negative out there. Uh, it's just not officially been confirmed. And then you get a GDP number that's uh, 4.9%. Uh, and everybody's sitting there scratching their heads, looking at it. It's like, where is this coming from? And uh, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but the debt-to-GDP ratio, uh, whenever it dipped above 130%, we always entered a recession. And the, comp- uh, the country that uh, had that ratio above that level ran into default. So if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, you say, well, that 4.9% might be pushing that GDP number a little higher so we don't run into that scenario here. Just just a bit of window dressing. But uh, everybody's <laughs> grasping at straws here trying to explain the current financial situation here. Because uh, where are things headed? Nobody knows. Has the Fed generated enough wiggle room to maybe have enough of a cushion for a soft landing scenario? If um, you know the unemployment numbers really explode, they've earned 3.9%. They're half a percent higher than they were like six months ago. So there's definitely some movement there. Um, th- does the Fed have enough wiggle room? Can they lower rates fast enough or make uh, or stop quantitative tightening quickly, quick enough to sort of um, provide a scenario for, for the market, the economy, to sort of base itself, like sort of revalue itself and, and have that soft landing? So th- mm-hmm. those are the things that were discussed. Uh, quite topical. We had a jobs report come out during the conference. We had the FOMC meeting during the conference, which was a bit of a nothing burger. Um, But uh, the market received us quite dovish. And then Powell came out just yesterday, I think, uh, at an IMF meeting said, well, we might have to raise again uh, as well. (laughs) Now the market is tanking again. You know, it's like, it's sometimes it's good. Just turn on the TV on Mondays and then forget it about the rest of the week. Right. So I think the most clarity that Jerome Powell gave to everybody yesterday when he he said, just close the fucking door. I think that was about it. That was the most clarity. 
<laughs> exactly right. So depending on also depending on what news outlet you read, you get different interpretations of of the the Fed speech, right? Yeah. So it it really depends. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be listen. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, we had a conversation with Barry Knapp uh, last week, and he expects the Fed to be cutting rates by the end of Q one next year. I mean. You know, it's all kind of forecasting, a little bit of speculation uh, at at this point. But there's just there's so many unknowns. There's a there's a lack of clarity on so many levels here. And I guess if if, if there's one thing to be clear about is that there is lack of clarity, if anything. But I, you know, that's why us uh, degenerates here we we kind of focus in on precious metals and junior <laughs> mining stocks. Uh, Kai, I look forward to seeing you and the rest of the team. Uh, in Frankfurt in a couple weeks. I uh, appreciate you giving us it. And for anybody who's listening who might be around the Germany area at the end of the month, uh, give us a sense of where they can pick up any sort of, uh, you know, how can they attend? Absolutely. Deutschegoldmesse.online. And we also got the domain germangoldshow.com now as well. So that uh, that okay. should work uh, if you <laughs> enter that. Um, but for anybody who can't travel to Frankfurt, uh, we're not. I'm not promoting our YouTube channel, but I'm mentioning it because uh, I really want everybody to attend in person because there will be like a week to 10 day lag. But we will upload every presentation, obviously, to YouTube as well. But uh, if you want to meet the premiere, if you want to go uh, meet Lobo Tigre and Michael Howell and actually get some fantastic insights in person and timely advice, you, you need to be in Frankfurt, no doubt. Yep, yep, you have to be in Frankfurt. That's why I'm here. All right, Kai, thanks so much for your time. We'll chat with you in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it, Trevor. See you in Europe. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.